Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Take your Bibles, if you would, and open up to the book of Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. We're going to take a look at this morning a song of praise. A song of praise. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 1. The Bible reads this way. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as in heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, my lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, and my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in, mighty, in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchedest out the, thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Cana shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the, the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone till my people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary. O Lord, 
which thy hands have established, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in, went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he hath thrown into the sea. Let's pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word once again. And Lord, I pray that your grace would work in and through me. Lord, I ask for those who may be watching this morning and those who are assembled with us physically, I pray that if there is one without you, Father, that they would come to know you. I pray that your conviction would be heavy upon them, that your Holy Spirit would move upon their heart and the blinders would be taken from their eyes, that the veil would be lifted and that the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ would penetrate their hearts and they would see their need for salvation. Lord, I pray for those who may be downcast today. I ask, Lord, that you would lift their spirits Maybe there are some here today or watching online that are not feeling well or, or maybe overcome by worry or, or distress or just concerned about life in general. I pray that you would be with them. And Lord, for the Christian who has great confidence in you today, I pray that you would also be with them. I pray that you would take them and use them this week to be able to help perpetuate the song of praise. That we would be a people that respond properly to the circumstances of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I want you to think about this statement. How many of you have either said in your mind or you've said out loud? You've either said in your mind or you've said out loud something like this. When is this going to be over? I am sick and tired of this COVID. When are things going to get back to normal? When am I going to get my life back? And we get disgusted, don't we? We get frustrated. We even get down. We get despondent. We start to look at life with a cynical twist. We see what's happened to us physically with COVID. We see what's happened to our country as it's been uh, really ravaged this past year with so many different things that have gone on. And we see cities burnt and we see people murdered and we see stores ransacked. And, and then to top it all off, we have a wonderful election, right? 
I guess it all depends on what side you fall on, if it was wonderful or not. Accusing one another of things. Votes added, votes taken away. All this nonsense. It's made us cynical. Many of us, we've responded in anger. Many of us, we, we've, we've responded negatively. A matter of fact, many of us, we've responded in the flesh. You say, how do you know that? Because what I found is what people won't say to your face, they'll say on Facebook. I call them keyboard warriors. What people would never say to somebody else one-on-one, they feel, uh, they feel that they have the right to be able to broadcast it out to everybody else. And you know what? It's just not people of the church. It's pastors all across America. It's sad. And what I've found is that the responses that you and I have to the circumstances of life say much more about you than you would think. The responses that you and I have to where we find ourselves in life say a whole lot more about you than you think. If I were to make this statement, if I were to say, do you believe that God is in control? Or we could say it this way, we could use the, uh, a, a, a theological term. Do you believe that God is sovereign? Everybody in their right mind that knows Christ, their personal Savior, would say, Amen. We believe that God is in control. We believe that God is sovereign. We believe that nothing just slips by God. And he says, oops, i got to go fix that one. So then how we respond to the circumstances of life, if, they all, if, our, if the circumstances of life all pass through the hand of God before they ever hit us, whether you believe in the complete sovereignty of God or whether you believe in the permissive will of God, one way or the other, God has allowed it, correct? God has allowed COVID. Hello? God has allowed that. Guess what? God has allowed... Your sickness. He might have used natural causes, but God's allowed it. Could he stop your sickness if he's in control of everything? Yes. Could God have stopped those two planes on 9-11? Yes. So then how you respond to the circumstances of life say a whole lot more about you than what you would think. By the way, God has allowed you to be unemployed. What? What? If God's in control, folks, do we really believe that he is in control? Or do we believe that God is just up there and he's the genie? And, and, and what we do is we just rub the, 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 the little bottle there and all these bad things have happened to me. And now all I got to do is say something to God and he's going to fix it all. Listen, folks, I mean no disrespect, but God is not your Santa Claus. And he's not mine either. You said, I thought this was about a song of praise. Oh, it is. But we've got to understand the background before we can get to the praise part. The same thing happened to the nation of Israel. 
See, how you focus or what you focus on as an individual is in, is, is in direct correlation of how you respond. Or let me flip it the other way. How you respond is what you are focusing on. So what you are focusing on is how you're going to respond. So if you and I, if we are focusing on the things of this world, if we are focusing on our health, our job, our wealth, our political party, our this, our that, all these different things, if we are focused in on that, then we are going to respond that way. But if we are focused in on God, knowing that he is the complete sovereign, that he is in absolute control, that nothing catches him in, uh, uh, by surprise, and that God is always good, our response is going to be different. I would appreciate a little bit of interaction, please, because that was good right there. That was good. Thank you. You can clap, amen, stand up, say hallelujah. I don't care. But that's truth. And see how one responds reveals the focus. In chapter 14, take a look back there very quickly. I want you to see the focus of Israel. They were focused on their life circumstances. Take a look at verse 10, if you would, please. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Uh-oh, things are changing now. Just a few verses ago, man, they were excited. They are headed out of Egypt. No more slavery. This is great, man. God is so good. Everything's great. And God says, now I want you to turn around, and I want you to go this way. And now they're trapped. There's no way for them out. Just a few verses ago, they were pumped. God is just so good. You want to know why? Because everything was going the way they wanted it to go. And don't we get really excited when everything goes the way we want it to go? Because, man, now God is good. But what if, what if you lose your job? Is God still good? What if your child dies? Is God still good? What if you come down with terminal cancer? Is God still good? What if you lose your eyesight? What if you lose your investments? What if, is God still good? Yes, he is. But how we react to that really determines our focus, lets us know what we're focusing on. So they were pumped. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Now the circumstances are changing. They are seeing something different. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Wait a second. I thought we were rid of them. I thought that this was all done and over with. You ever think that you've been through a problem and then it rears its ugly head again? Okay, don't stare at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ever have to go through something more than once? Yeah. Now, look, if you respond, this message is going to go a whole lot faster because I've got all day. <laughs> and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, here you go. This is what's happening right here. They first cry out to the Lord. God doesn't do anything. So now, because God doesn't act when they want to, when 
when they want him to act, now they go to the man of God. Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord shall fight for you. And ye shall hold your peace. Let me just stop there. Can I tell you today, no matter where you find yourself, if you are following God's direction for your life, if you are where God has wants you to be and you have followed him, guess what? God will fight for you. But you know what we see here? We see that even though they were exactly where God wanted them to be, their focus was all on what they could see. Faith is the substance of things not seen, the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is something that we cannot see necessarily. See, they were looking at a huge, they were looking at a huge cutting-edge army sweeping down upon them, and all that they could see is destruction. All that they could see is death because their focus was on what they could see, and their response was fear. It was doubting. It was complaining, and it was, I told you so. But then in chapter 15, we see a totally different people. God had shown himself to the people and delivered them from their enemy. Their focus has changed. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that the children of Israel in the Old Testament was given to us for our example. And so this is the example I want you to get from this portion of Scripture. Not to do what the children of Israel did. What do you mean? That when you get in a tight circumstance... Don't look at the circumstance. Look to God. They, one minute they're, they're all pumped up because God's set them free from slavery. The next minute they're trapped between an army and a, a huge sea. And then the next minute God delivers them and they're all pumped up again. See, We're supposed to sing the song of praise, though it may be with a tear in the eye, we are still supposed to sing the song of praise in the good times and in the bad times, in the mountaintops and in the valleys. You may have a quivering lip when you're singing the song of praise. You may have tears running down your cheeks when you're singing the song of praise. But my friends, remember that if God is in control, you can still sing the song of praise. God showed himself, and their focus had changed. And the response that we give as believers can be a gauge that our focus needs to change. That's the grace of God. Think about it. Think about the grace of God. Now, I want you to think about this aspect. I'm throwing, I'm throwing, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but think about this. When you respond in the flesh, and if you're saved, you know it, don't you? That's God's grace for you to be able to, that, that's, an indi- that, that's a warning light. That, that's an alert on, the, on, your, on your dashboard of your life. It's saying, hey, wait a second. God's saying, wait a, you responded the wrong way. You're responding in fear. 
You're responding in, in, in anxiousness. You're, you're responding in complaining. You're responding in murmuring. You're, you're responding in anger. You're responding in... And that's actually God's grace for us to be able to say, hey, wait a second, let me step back out of life for a minute and let me see that there's something going on in my heart that should not be there. That's the grace of God. Because could he not let us just respond in a negative way and then our hearts become totally hardened towards him? Could he not allow us to respond in the flesh and then, and then all that we do is just continue in that same pattern and never see a good God? Yeah, he could, but he doesn't. So even in our wrong response, if we're alert, we can see the grace of God that wants to bring us back into fellowship with him and to put us back on the right track and to get us out of the worry and to put us into worship. Wouldn't it be great that all, all, we all worry at times, don't we? We do. Guess what I found? You have grandkids. You start to worry a little bit more, don't you? Now it's just not your kids you're praying for. Now you're praying for your grandkids. I'm praying for seven generations. I've been praying for the Lord to the Lord. Lord, if you would extend your extend your coming, please allow seven generations of this little grandbaby to serve you, to love you. And I'm praying that you would raise up somebody else to pray that prayer after I'm long gone for more generations. We have something else to worry about, don't we? But man, wouldn't it be great if every time we worry, we stop to worry, we think about it, wait a second, that's not the response that God would have me to have, and we turn it into worship and a song of praise unto him. How you respond, this is what I want you to remember this week. How you respond to life's circumstances is an indicator of your focus. What should be our focus, church? It should be God. So how you respond to life's circumstances is an indicator of your focus. And the song of Moses gives us a model it gives us a model that we should sing unto God no matter where we find ourselves. Take a look, if you would. Number one, how should I praise God or how should I sing unto God? Number one, you praise God for his supremacy. You praise God for his supremacy. The Lord, in this passage, is mentioned 14 times in 21 verses. The word Lord. Do you think maybe the writer underneath the inspiration of the Holy Spirit trying to tell us something. They are singing about the Lord's supremacy. That listen, he is the God above all other gods. He is the authority above all other authorities. He is the power above all other powers. Listen to that, church. When you find yourself in a tough situation, when you feel like you're trapped, start praising God for his supremacy. Why? Because he is over it all. There is no power that is greater than our God. Take a look at verses 2 through 4 of chapter 15. See, true praise and worship to God must include a witness 
to who God is and what he has done. Did you get that? True praise and worship to God must include a witness to who God is and what he has done. Verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. Not my medication. My medication is not my strength. My employer is not my strength. My paycheck's not my strength. My husband's not my strength. My wife's not my strength. My home's not my strength. My 401K is not my strength. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is become my salvation. That bailout from the government's not my salvation. No. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, and I will, I will, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he hath cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned into the Red Sea. Psalm chapter 77, you will see in there, well, the reason that we read it is because it talks about the lightnings and the thunders and the earth trembling. If you ever think about why in the world would an Egyptian army go into a place where there's walls of water on either side? Well, number one, the Bible tells us that there was a pillar between the, the, the nation of Israel and the Egyptians, and it was light for the nation of Israel on their side, but it was darkness on the other side. I think what happened was they were just following course and they really couldn't recognize what was going on. But then when God allowed them to be able to see what was going on, it was too late. The earth was shaking. They were totally confused. The, 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 there was thunder in the clouds and maybe a flash of lightning here or there. And when they realized it, God did his work. See, this victory was totally God's. And guess what, my friend? Any listen, listen, listen. Any victory that you ever accomplish in your life, any success that you have ever had in your life, any accolades that you've ever had in your life are all because of God. You say, well, I was a good athlete. You better thank God that he gave you that body. You didn't win that championship, teenager. Every victory, every success... It's all God's. In verse 3, it states that the Lord is a warrior. It's telling us once again that he is the God who fights for us. Take a look at verse 3 if you would. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. This is one of God's names, and it's pronounced different ways. Jehovah Sabaoth is one of the ways. Or Jehovah Saba is another way. And it means Lord of hosts or Lord of armies. Now listen, this title for God is mentioned 285 times in the Old Testament. I think maybe, maybe God is trying to let us know throughout the Old Testament saying, hey, I just want to let you know because I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just like I fought for the children of Israel and I protected them, that you, Open Bible Baptist Church, you, Pastor Adell, you people of this church, I will fight for you just like I did for them. You know, we know that Satan is our enemy and he's working against us each and every day, is he not? He wants to discourage us. Listen, folks, Satan can't take our salvation away, but he can steal our joy. 
He can take our song from us. He can take our song of praise and turn it into a bunch of pouting. And we know that he's fighting against us each and every day. And when that happens in our life, when we start to turn and our focus is removed from worshiping to worry, when it's moved from praising to pouting, we need to remember that we've got a God that fights for us. God must wage war against sin, against evil, and against Satan. Isaiah 42, 13, write this down if you would please. The Lord shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. Now listen, listen. He shall prevail against his enemies. He shall prevail against his enemies. Let me tell you something, folks. This morning we can sing the song of praise because God is supreme. And let me let you know something this morning. There is hope today. Why? Because God is and will ultimately prevail over the enemy. See, when you are overcome, and when I'm overcome by what's going on around you or inside of you, remember, God is supreme over all. And you just start singing to him, Exodus 15, 2. The Lord is my strength in my song, and he has become my salvation. God, you are my God. I am going to prepare you a habitation you're my Father's God, and I will exalt you. The song of praise, the first part of this model of praising God, we are to praise him for his supremacy this morning. But secondly, we praise God for his power. We praise God for his power. In verses 6 through 10, we see this modeled for us, taught to us. It talks about the right hand of God here. And whenever you see the right hand mentioned in Scripture, that always represents power. Sorry for all you lefties, you bunch of weaklings. <laughs> but it always represents power. And what I find interesting in this portion of Scripture, that God doesn't do things the conventional way. <laughs> this is just a beautiful portion of Scripture. God doesn't use conventional military weapons to defeat his enemies. God uses who he is. See, there's no, there is no power today that man could produce that could match the power of God. Pharaoh had the most technologically advanced army of the day, but it was no match for God. I want you to take a look here in verse 7. What did God use? We're to praise God for his power. What did he use, though? Take a look at verse 7. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. You know what he's saying? He's saying God used his majesty. God used his majesty to throw down his enemies. I don't know about you, but I think the only person that thinks that I'm majestic is my wife. <laughs> that wasn't the place for that tonight. Uh. <laughs> that's the only time I've ever heard you say amen, girl. <laughs> Actually, that's not the case, but God bless you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one. My majesty, which really isn't majesty at all. It can't defeat armies. I can't walk up to the, to the Chinese Red Army and say, hey, guess what? This is who I am. You better, you're going to all fall You're all going to fall out when I show up. No. God just showed up. And they, you know what it makes me think of? is when Jesus was in the garden. 
And the soldiers came to be able to take him in Judas. And Jesus asked them a question. He says, whom do you seek? They say, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, I am he. What did they do? They all fell back. See, God uses things that are not conventional to be able to defeat the army. And so, friends, you know what we do so many times? If we're not careful, we forget about God's power, and we expect him to work in conventional ways. Let me tell you something. God is not limited by anything. He can work out our situation however he pleases. It says here in verse 7, take a look. God used his anger and sent forth his wrath, which consumed them as stubble. God used in verse 8 the breath of his nose. Take a look. And it says, and with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. You know what that means? You you imagine just being a. And you can change the way water is. Verse 10, it says that he, his breath, he blew on the waters and it caused the Egyptians to, uh, to drown. He just went. What a mighty God we serve. Let me ask you something. Since God is the same yesterday and today and forever, let me ask you one question. Why would we doubt? Why would we doubt? Why would we fear when God could just go, it's gone. Enemy's defeated. Why would we question? See, when you and I are trapped, when we feel the enemy upon us, when it seems like there's no hope, we need to remember that we need to just start praising God for his power, that he is all-powerful. See, the reason you and I doubt, the reason you and I fear, one of them, the reason you and I question is because our focus is wrong. See, we can praise God for his power over our life events in all circumstances. Friends, let me tell you something. God's still in control, and he's still sitting on the throne. God hasn't left the throne. He's still in charge. We are to praise God for his supremacy, We're to praise God for his power. Take a look, number three here. We are to praise God for his character, for his character. In verses 11 through 16, we see this. Take a look at verse 11, if you will, of Exodus chapter 15. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? The answer is no one. God has just delivered the nation of Israel from the gods of Egypt through the ten plagues. That's why they mention that here. Who is like unto thee in the God, uh, uh, like the gods? And God has shown his power to the nation of Israel. You say, well, how do I praise God in this? You're to praise God for his character in verse 12. Praise God. Take a look in verse 12, if you will. Thou stretched out thy right hand, thou uh, the earth... Uh, swallowed them. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 11, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises? The first thing we are to, we are to praise God for his holiness. We praise God for being a holy God. 
What else should be our song in the night when we praise God for who he is? We are to praise God for his mercy. Thou, in verse 13, thou in thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Now listen, remember, it was God who led them to the point where they were trapped. What did Moses just say in the children of Israel? Thou in thy mercy. Why would it be merciful for God Think about it. Why would it be merciful for God to lead the people to a place where they're trapped? That's exactly what Moses and the people of God are praising and saying, God, in your mercy, we praise you because you led us. The reason being is many times God will lead us in the circumstances that are beyond our control so that we can see the greatness of our God. See, God delivers because he's merciful. We should praise God for his wisdom. Take a look uh, in verse 13. Thou hast guided them in thy strength into thy holy habitation. He guided his people wisely. We should praise him for the amazement he brings to man. Take a look at verse 15. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. We praise God for the amazement that he brings. You know what we would say? We would say it this way. When we see God act in a great way, you know what many times we say? Man, God is so awesome. That was awesome that God did that. We should praise God for the fear that he brings upon his enemies. In verse 14, you can see that. In verse 15 and 16, you can see that. See, when God shows his character to the world, they will know that he is the true and living God, more powerful than anything that they would ever serve. See, even in that, that's God's grace. When he brings fear upon the enemies of man. Now think about it. God brings fear upon the enemies of man, and we are to praise him for that. Why would we praise him for that? It's so that they can see that what they are serving or who they are serving is not as great as God, and it would lead them to the salvation of our great God. We are to praise God for his supremacy. We are to praise God for his power. We are to praise God for his character. And then fourthly, our song of praise should include you praise God for his fulfilled promises. You see this in verses 16 through 21. You praise God for his fulfilled promises. Verses 16 through 21, we see this here. We understand that God's a promise-keeping God. Turn back to Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. I want you to see something here. Because God told Moses to tell the people, watch and see what God will do to the Egyptians. Take a look at verse 13 of chapter 14. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. For the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Now take a look at verses 4 and 5, because God did exactly what he said he would do. Chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, please. Chapter 15, Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. God told Moses 
he made another promise that the people of Israel would pass over and on dry ground. Take a look at chapter 15 and verse 16. The fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as a still stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. What we find here is the culmination of God's promises. In Exodus 1 through 14, what we've seen the children of Israel uh, uh, go through, there's a theme here. And the theme is God's people then and now. So God's people back then and God's people now are saved from slavery and death. That's the theme from chapters 1 through 14. And now God is showing himself in chapters 15 through, through uh, verse uh, chapter 40 that his people then and now are saved for a relationship with God. And both these themes are, are an overarching promise from God for those who put their trust in him. See, we're to praise God for his fulfilled promises. I want you to turn over to Revelation chapter 15 because this is what we're going to do in heaven. This is what God's people are going to do in heaven one day. See, you may not realize this, but this, this song of praise is more pertinent to you than what you think. Because if you look in Revelation chapter 15 and take a look at verse 3, if you will, please. And they sing the song of Moses. What is that song? Exodus chapter 15. Do you realize that what we've just broken down here this morning for the past few minutes is something that we are going to be singing to God? And the song of the Lamb saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of, uh, of saints. On that day, friends, those of us who know Christ, God's people are going to sing the song of Moses. The point is, Tim Chester said this, the point is that the threat to God's people at the Red Sea was one manifestation of this ongoing war. The defeat of the Egyptian army is therefore a sign of God's overall victory. Praise God. And so therefore, church, this morning, whether we have a job or not, whether we have health or not, whether we have relationships or not, whether we have money or not, so church, this morning, we sing the song of Moses. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and, thy glorify, and glorify thy name? For thou art holy, for all the nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. And therefore, friends... We sing the song of praise. We sing the song of praise because of his supremacy. We sing the song of praise because of his power. We sing the song of praise because of his character. And we sing the song of praise because of his fulfilled promises. 
See how you respond to life circumstances is an indicator of your focus. Where's your focus? Where's your focus? Hey folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted Him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in Him, I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done, is written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible, and then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below, click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.